G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Rise and Shine, Rise and shine. with Robbo and Becky on Vision. Well, Vicky Nunn joins us this morning. Good morning, Vicky. It's been a while. It has been good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, yeah. great to catch up with you. Now, of course, it is marriage week, and uh, we've been focusing obviously lots on it uh, this week. But uh, we want to acknowledge mm. that uh, not everyone's married, and uh, it can sometimes be a little bit of a, a challenge. I think even to you know explore the topic of singleness. But uh, you are mm. single, and so uh, we're going to yep. do that. Uh, this morning, what's your story, Vicky? Like, uh, were you always just set on you know not getting married, or did you want to, but then it just hasn't worked out? Like, how has it played out for you? Well, I was in my twenties, like everyone else. When I grew up, I'd hate to admit my age, but I'm getting closer to sixty, shall we say? <laughs> but I grew up in an era. Uh, I was born in the sixties, and so I grew up in an era when it was expected that women would got mm. married and have children. That was the expectation. And then I, by the time I was in my teens, I got into the crazy 70s when all of that whole equality stuff started kicking in. And so it was kind of a bit of a, a schmoggle, really, that we had, had the influences from earlier in my life. And then we had the other mm. voices saying, hey, let's have freedom. We don't need to go and get married. We don't need to do all of this. But anyway, by the time I got in, into the 80s and uh, when I became a Christian, uh, it was it was a time, though, there was still that expectations, particularly mm. in Australian culture. There's that pressure to, to get married and, and have children, that, and that still exists today. And so I went into my 20s thinking that I was going to get married and have children. I mean, I have a very strong maternal instinct. I always thought that, that God would let me have children, and then that happened, didn't happen, and then it continued not happening <laughs> into into my late 20s. And then I began to say, Asked those really uncomfortable questions, which was, um, does this mean I'm never going to get married? What, what happens if God doesn't want me to get married? That's, mm. That was a pretty scary mm, wow. thing to consider. In what does that mean? Does that mean I'm I'm weird? That you know I can't find anybody to love? That must be mean that there's something seriously wrong with me. Mm. Especially mm. when then when I hit the big three O, okay, then I had to really consider: Does everybody think that I'm there's something wrong with me because I'm not, not married? But that's a very very common question for a mm. lot of singles. Uh, you know, and and oftentimes it causes this for some people a, a desperation to get out there and prove to everybody else, hey, I'm not a weird person. I'm, yeah. I'm not crazy just yeah. because I don't get married. There's not anything wrong with me. And the fact is that even statistically, uh, I remember talking to some of my, my girlfriends at the time when I was in my late 20s, when I started feeling this pressure and I was you know, getting kind of a bit tired of it and all those lovely questions that people like to ask you, how's your love life? Mm. Mm. Don't you just adore those kind of questions? And yeah. If we were to ask a married person that question, what would they say? Yeah. It's perfectly okay to ask a single person, but you don't ask a married person. No. So, you know. But anyway, um, I remember considering, I thought about it. What are the statistical odds, me being the kind of person that I am, like to sort these things out, what are the statistical chances of me ever marrying? And so I kind of went down down the list of, 
you know, somebody my age, somebody with my own kind of beliefs, somebody who has my own likes and dislikes, similar, similar kinds of things in common. And I eventually worked out that the statistical chances of me ever marrying were 0.05%. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That was probably over-exaggerated at the time. But in a way, that for me was the most freeing concept that, hey, maybe I'm not meant to get married mm. and is that a bad thing? Mm. And I began to kind of cross that bridge. Do I? Is that really okay? Is that fine to be a single Christian and it really began me on that kind of journey and I've met a lot of other people on that journey as well and it's really quite challenging when you consider also in Australia particularly there are more Christian single women than there are Christian single men and so we're not going to be able to share every available bloke (laughs) there's going to be a lot of Christian single women left out there but just because statistically there aren't that many as many yeah, Christian that's single interesting men. point, actually. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. And so I guess it comes a point there. I mean, you were saying this is around, you know, as you were getting to the age of 30, you were kind of wrestling with this, but there comes mm. a point where, I mean, obviously the Apostle Paul, he talks about singleness and talks about it being a gift, mm. but also yes. in another passage he talks about contentment. You're saying in whatever state yes. I find myself, I've learned to be content. So I guess there's got to come a point where you can say, I'm happy just to accept this rather than, as yes. you said, like that pressure of like, oh, I've got to find someone, you know, I've got to, you yeah. know, fix this situation, mm. but you can just uh, yeah. you know, actually begin to relax in that and say, hey, I'm single, that's how it's going to be. I can just enjoy maybe some of the benefits that come along with singleness. And, and that's exactly right. And, and along with that, I mean, the, the, what you're talking about there was First uh, Corinthians chapter 7, I think it was, where he said something like, I wish that everyone could get along without marrying just as, just mm. as I do, but, you know, we're not all the same. And God gives some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. Now, a lot of people think that they are complete opposites, but it's not actually true when you consider that they're just two sides of the same coin. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And, you know, if we can approach it like that. But there's so much pressure on people to get out there and get married and to prove that there's not something wrong with them. And, And in a way, also to prove that they deserve to be loved. A lot of people feel that, uh, that they don't deserve to be loved, there must be something wrong with me. That you know, there's all these pressures mm. on people, and if they could just be freed of that, to to give the possibility of remaining single a, a, a go, it can be such a freeing kind of thing. And as a single person too, that means we're often more freely available to do God's work than say a married yep. person is. Yeah. Not that they not that they can't do God's work, but you know they've, they've got those distractions that Paul talks about. That they're they're half in the world kind of thing. They've got a partner to consider. They've got to support them or help each other. Uh, and then oftentimes they have the children on top of that mm. as well. And it's not that they don't want to give and that they don't give, but they honestly they don't often have as much time or energy mm. as say a single person. And we've got to consider the fact that if God is giving us the gift of singleness, a, a, a term that not everybody agrees with, but the gift of singleness, then what are we going to do with that? Do we just run around and have fun for ourselves? Because we've got to think, if God has given me this gift, what has he given it to me for? And mm. can I be doing something mm. for him while I have this gift? And that in itself is challenging for people as well, because that means that they've got to think of someone other than themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. That, that's yeah. pretty hard because we're, as human beings, we're quite selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And yeah. I guess the, the longer it goes on, the more yeah. you can become selfish, can't you? Because you think, oh, well, this, I'm, I can just set my own pace. I can do my mm. own thing. I can 
you know, do things that yeah. uh, I enjoy. And so, yeah, it can be easily to go that way. But what you're saying is that we can actually say, well, hang on, this is actually an opportunity for me to think outside myself and focus on yes. uh, you know, an opportunity that God might give me to, to minister for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, a, a lot of the churches don't really kind of accept that. They look at, uh, at single Christians as someone who's flawed. There's obviously something wrong with them because they're not married. Mm. And so can we really trust them to do anything? Yeah. You know, I mean, if there's something wrong with them, can we really trust them as much as we can, say, a married person? And if they're divorced, oh, my goodness me, yeah. we can yeah. trust them even less. Yeah. There's a, whether we like to face that or, or not, the truth is that there is that kind of mentality with, with the people, with married people, with church leadership, and even with single people themselves. That, uh, that, you know, they can't be trusted as much as, say, a married person who somehow has proven their own worthiness simply by being married. It, it, it's just mm. kind of bizarre to mm. me, but there you yeah. go. No, it's a very good point. Yeah. So I think mm. there's, a, there's a lot in there, isn't there? I mean, there's challenges to yep. church leadership and to pastors to say, hey, you know, let's consider the bigger picture here. Um, but I guess mm. the, the challenge also for, for singles to you know, learn that contentment, to, to learn, yeah. you know, to accept and to relax in their um, stage of life, whether it be permanent or maybe just for a, a season, maybe someone will come along mm. in time. But I guess you want to be able to enjoy your life in the meantime, don't, don't you? You don't, you don't want to be always constantly, um, you know, feeling like something's not right. Um, you want to be able to enjoy whatever um, season you're in. And I guess that's really what Paul was talking mm. about in that contentment passage, you know, whatever state absolutely. I'm in, I've learned to be content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, when I first came to that point where I began going, okay, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with my life? You've obviously meant me to be single for a reason. So I'll, I'll give up those those kind of dreams that I had as a younger person. So what is it that I, I can do? And, you know, I'm, I have met a number of, of singles over the years who have found that contentment and purpose in their life by choosing to remain single. And, that, and while that may bring its own challenges, there's also a lot of positives that have come with it. When I was in, I remember being in my 30s and I recognised uh, that in my town that there was no real kind of social options for singles uh, within within different churches. And so even though I'm naturally an introvert, I kind of steeled up the courage and I decided to set up a, a Christian social group for uh, for people to have social outings, to find mm. friends and That's that cool. kind of thing. And it was something that I was involved with for over 15 years. Wow. Now, when I started that, I did it because I saw that there was a need because I found there was a need for me, so there must be others in the same boat. And the things that I found, that I, the positives that I, I found out of it was that you know I ended up having some great social outings. I ended up finding some great friends. And I even found, I came across someone who became one of my best friends. Mm. So it wasn't something I thought of at the time, but there were so many positives that I, mm. I got out of it as well. And that's what I, I believe that if God is calling a person to do his work, then they've got to accept, yes, this is, might be work that he calls me to and there might be challenges with it, but they don't. it doesn't come alone. You know, God, God actually brings joys and contentments yeah. within those, those, uh, that commitment to him. Mm, that's so good. That's so true. And the thing I just thought I'd let you know too is that you know while it w I may be actually single at this time in my life, it may not be something that God calls me to. He may in my later years find somebody that's suitable for me that I might end up marrying. We can't say for sure that that 
mm. is definitely I'm never going to get married. But the thing is that I, I really hope that if God does send me someone, I actually have someone in mind that I hope he'll send me. I think I'm asking God to send me a Christian archaeologist because <laughs> after all, the older I get, the more interesting he'll find me. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I like your perspective. Yeah, that's... Well, good on you, Vicky. All so right, good to God. chat and appreciate you sharing a bit of your story today. Yes, lovely to talk to you too. Take care. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.